0: Hello, and welcome to a special APQC podcast on data and analytics. My name is Michael Sims, Research Specialist in the Research Services Department at APQC, and I'm interviewing today Ron Webb, Director of Analytics at APQC, and Kristia Rupala, Data Scientist at APQC. Today we're going to talk about data analytics in general, and uh, we're going to kick off with a question for Ron. Ron, what does your group do, and how does it fit under the larger term, the larger umbrella term, data and analytics?
1: Uh, What our group does here uh, is, you know, obviously data and analytics is a really big, broad category that means a lot to a lot of different people, so it's just kind of a, a general term. And what we do here at APQC, and in turn how that affects what we do in our analytics group, is we work with organizations to help them improve their organizational processes. So when we look at data and analytics, we don't look at data analytics in a broad sense. We look at it as it relates to, um, you know, how we view the world through process. So we help people understand and analyze their data as it relates to an organizational process. So um, we call it process analytics and that it looks at relationships between inputs into performance of a process and the business outcome that you hope that process is able to achieve for your organization. So it's great to look at data and look at uh, information about your organization and how it performs. But what we want to do is help our members better understand what the drivers of performance may be and understand what the relationships are between the drivers of performance within their organization and how they know. Like, one of the terms we like to use is how, how they know what levers to pull. Because at any given moment, any manager inside of a, a company or an organization today you know, they usually don't have any shortage of problems, and they usually don't have any shortage of opinions on what they should do to solve those problems. So what we try and do is give them another, you know, really solid tool to help make that decision. And that's where we think analytics fits in, is it uses the data that they have about their organization, about their business processes to help them understand what they may be able to do and what the likelihood of achieving of that Uh, enhanced performance might be. So that, in a nutshell, is uh, how I think we fit into data and analytics. Christy, anything you'd add to that?
2: Uh, I agree with what you said. Um, I also think kind of broadly what we're doing is using analytics to solve business problems. So a lot of what we look at when you look at process is how to impact business outcomes, how to improve them. So we're looking at different ways to use analytics to do that. So we do it internally for our internal um, analytics projects, and then we also do it externally for clients. But that mapping between a problem and then how can you use analytics to put together an analytic solution to solve that problem.
0: Okay. So this this actually kind of flows into the next question that I'm going to ask. And uh, there's, there's a couple terms. Uh, are a couple words that that usually preface the word analytics when you see it out there in in, in the writing on this subject. And those words are predictive analytics, predictive, and prescriptive. So you've got predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics. What is the difference? What is it that you all are doing? And can, can you help clarify that for me and for the listeners? Sure, Christy, will take a shot at that.
2: Sure. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think those terms are, are used interchangeably a lot of times, and I think they do relate to each other. So I think predictive analytics can be a more broad term, and then predi- prescriptive is where you're using predictive analytics to give an answer or a, a solution of what should your next step be. So predictive analytics, analytics, you can use it in any space. But it gets into prescriptive when you're starting to say, these are the actions you should take. Mm -hmm. This is the direction you should take. So I've seen a lot of different descriptions of those two. Um, Internally, when we have predictive projects, we'll call them black box projects. And there, the emphasis is on predicting an outcome. So what's the chance that um, a member is going to renew membership? Or what's the chance that Um, An organization will be a top performer, and you're looking there at their likelihood. They have a 68% You know chance of being a top performer they have a 78% chance so the focus there is more on the model and the outcomes so that's where you see a lot of machine learning and uh, big data analytics is kind of focused on there Um, prescriptive I've seen a different term. Some people call it inference, or we call it what Ron referenced earlier, levers to pull. So getting into strategy. So if you want to look at a relationship at uh, what drives an outcome, what are the three or four factors that have the biggest impact on that outcome? So now you're not just looking at what's the prediction of the outcome happening, but you're saying, well, if you do strategy A, your likelihood is that 26%. If you do strategy B, now your likelihood has gone up to 55%. So looking at um, levers to pull or or drivers, enablers, that's how I would see
0: those, two. So one thing that um, you you mentioned that uh, uh, the the difference is a prediction of an outcome versus uh, uh, different strategies, different possible recommendations. Um, Do predictive analytics Give you advice, like, a, or not predictive, prescriptive analytics. Give you advice on which one you should do, and if so, is it tailored to your to your organization strategy? For example, does it is it, I mean, is that an important part of prescriptive analytics that uh, you have the someone who understands what the organization's goals are? So, I, I, an example would certainly help. So, if you all if you all have an example of, uh, of how this of how of how predictive and prescriptive analytics can be distinguished.
1: Sure. I think that you have to go back to uh, what we were talking about earlier. And and when you look at something being prescriptive, it has to have context to it. Mm -hmm. And in most organizations, that context is going to be what you hear people call a a value stream. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of different tools that you can use out there, whether they be data and analytics or whether it be knowledge management or whether it be quality improvement or Lean or Six Sigma. There's a lot of tools that you can use to try and improve the the performance of your organization. And so what you have to do is you have to understand um, what you're trying to accomplish. So if you can't tie whatever tool you're using to an outcome at your organization, that we as an organization want to have higher customer satisfaction, or we want better profitability, or we want faster time to market, or we want to decrease the cost of, you know, the services that we provide to our members. And until you have that context, you can't really get prescriptive, and I think that's what yes. process brings the data to data analytics. Yes. Is that uh, you're n- you're never going to build a model for the most part. That's going to that you're just going to throw a bunch of data in, and there's the answer that a manager looks at and goes, "Okay, I just need to tick this box, box and click this button, and turn this knob, and everything works great because the model said go do it." You know. You've got to have the human brain involved there. There's a a, a lot of experience that the people inside these organizations have with these processes. And all we're trying to do is give them information that's based on sound, solid methodology and sound, solid data from their organization to be able to say, if you do this, here's the likelihood of you getting the outcome that you want. If you take road A, or if you take road B, or you take road C, here's the likelihood you're going to Achieve the outcome you want to achieve based on all of the sound methodology and all of the data that we've gathered from your organization. Then they have to predict, or they have to make the decision on which way they're going to go.
0: And you never want to take their experience out of it, right? And uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that a little bit a little bit later in the conversation about the role of the, the human brain in all of this.
2: No, oh, uh, and I wanted to add a little bit too oh, what, sure. what Ron was saying. So the other way to think of it, so the the predictive is more the black box prediction. So you just, there you tend to have a, a statistician doing some stuff, some magic stuff and producing output. And uh, stakeholders or key business owners are not involved necessarily in that process. Um, with the other approach with prescriptive, it's much more transparent. So you need them involved in order to define what what is the business outcome they're trying to improve? What are the strategies they're looking to Um, compare to each other or or test against each other. Um, And so that's actually one of our uh, services that we provide and we teach it at the conference is a workshop that helps organizations include stakeholder input and work through that process where they start out with a business problem and they start looking at what type of data do they have and how can they use that data to get to an end result. Those are two very They both use analytics, and it both uses predictive analytics, but one path is sort of black box magic, and then the other one is much more transparent, much more comparing strategy A to B to C, and you really want everybody to be on the same page and understanding not the statistics, but how to use the results to make a decision.
1: Right. And the the thing I'll add on top of that as well is, you know, because I've been at APQC for almost 20 years, And data and analytics, you know, is another thing that's come up. And I can't tell you, I see a lot of parallels between data and analytics or big data and a lot of the other initiatives that have come down the pike for the last 20 years. And the last thing anybody wants to do is start pulling a bunch of levers to go get an outcome only to get there and their boss or their boss's boss go, Okay, that's great, but why did we go there? That's not where we as an organization are going. Mm-hmm. So that is what Christy's talking about is people think data and analytics are all about numbers and crunching stuff and figuring all this stuff out. And the, using data cool tools.
2: You. Yeah, the, the data tells you. The data tells you you didn't have a question, but the data told you your question.
1: Automatically. <laughs> and your
2: answer, that. yeah.
1: But more so what it, it, it needs to be about is using it as that that you know, that, that common language to say Here's the tool we're going to use called data and analytics. But here's the road that we're about to go down. Does everybody that has an involvement in this, from me as the project owner, or the data scientist, or the stakeholder, or the person that's going to have to execute the work once we pull that lever, do we all agree that this makes sense for this organization? So starting at that basic logical sense, and then moving into all the complexity and you know really mucking it up later is what we're really good at. But you got to start that basic common level that anybody can understand
2: yeah how, how do you plan to whatever the results are and however you get to the results how do you plan to use them once they come in mm-hmm. So that's where we spend a lot of time in the training it's helping people make that connection like oh okay if this is what the results say how do I use it in my business case or how do I use it to mm-hmm. present to my boss because I need funding so uh, sort of actionable analytics is where
1: prescriptive goes because if it doesn't make sense in those initial meetings and it doesn't pass the logic test,
0: I guarantee after you do the project, spend a
2: lot of time and It's money still not going to make sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So when you're when you're working with clients with uh, with analytics, um, so I, and, I'm, and I and I know you you both consider yourself to be quote data driven people and I, I I say that in quotes because it's a it's a hot buzz phrase uh, in the in the uh, analytics space. Um, what, so you all you all are data driven people the people you're you're working with, the, the the clients you're working with, are presumably at least want to become data-driven people. What are the, what are the challenges you all face in, in helping them become more data-driven and helping them make their organizations more data-driven?
1: I'll uh, take a crack at it, and then Christy can jump in. Uh, it somewhat relates to what we've been talking about, but to me, uh, because this is, you know, quote-unquote new and it's big and there's a lot of, you know, hype around it, everybody wants to jump in the middle of it and they have all these really technical questions about, you know, what model are we going to use or, uh, you know, are we going to have, we got a bunch of data and, you know, just take the data and tell us what it says. It's that getting them to stop, step back and really understand how the data aligns to where they want to go and what they want to try to try to achieve because a mountain of data doesn't do you nearly as much good is understanding the handful of data elements that are really the key drivers to your business and making sure those are pristine. And that those you have clean and everybody understands them. And you've, you've gone through this this logic to take that mountain of data and say, here's what we may not need to pay attention to anymore. Here's what we should, probably should pay the most attention to. That's the biggest step that I see, is that people just want to have a bunch of data, do some magic, and mm-hmm. get an answer. And this doesn't make
0: any sense, logically. So I'm getting this as a theme in what you're saying already, is uh, when we were talking about the difference between predictive and prescriptive analytics, and the difference being that prescriptive analytics is basically an evolution with action abilities, and that, that factors in the organization's strategy so that it actually has relevance to the organization. And it's not, and it's not just a situation where the, uh, the tail is wagging the dog, if you will. Mm-hmm. So analytics being the tail and the dog being the organization. Mm-hmm. And so, you, uh, and, and, uh, the, so you, an, an organization that's not as familiar with analytics is going to be tempted to uh, just go straight for analytics and for this black box solution. But, uh, so, but what you're saying is that the, the challenge is convincing them that the organization is still the dog and analytics is still the tail, even if you don't understand exactly what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you still may pick a, a quote-unquote black box project, but at least you've gone through a thought process that says, we want to know the answer that that black box is going to spit out. Yeah. For this reason because yeah. it's going to drive perfect. a strategy so in our perfect. organization Yeah, and, and most of them just say oh I read an article you know that's the you know, when somebody goes oh I read this article about where this organization X, Y, or Z we want to do that and when you ask them why they can't really answer that question that's when you got to start peeling it back to what drives your organization and how do you you know how do you as an organization get paid what does your boss care about what do your stakeholders care about what do your shareholders care about what do your clients care about asking them those types of questions to understand what data to pay attention to, and so you only need to be data-driven in your decision making as much as you understand that. You know, you, you can't. You, we commonly hear stories of people and organizations that have too much data to pay attention to, oh, yeah. and we agree because you probably shouldn't be paying attention to all of it because all of it's not important. And going through that process to understand what data is important to you gives you kind of that, I call it the velvet shield. So when your boss or boss's boss shows up and asks about this really weird, arcane measure they care about, you can have a conversation as to why that measure matters or why that, that piece of data ma- matters. And you can show them what you have and why you feel it matters and have that conversation again to keep everybody focused on the same page. Because especially in this space, it's easy to spin out of control towards a new you know, tool or a new data service or a new whatever you read about,
0: and that very seldom ever works out well for you. And so, um, in terms of uh, in terms of change management, because that's one of our specialties here at APQC, what can what can people do um, to to affect affect change in their own organization in terms of becoming more data driven? So, um, under, understanding what you just said about about why it's why it's important to focus on um, focus on the underlying business problems and let that drive how you use analytics and then focusing on basically basically like you're saying focusing on the signal and ignoring all the noise as as to what's what's to, to what's relevant to you. What can what can people do to um, to make their organizations more data driven, to to make analytics something that's used as part of the daily work in an organization? Uh, I'll
1: take a crack and Christy jump in. To me it is um, it's it's having that discipline and you know it's it's kinda like starting the conversation, but starting the conversation from the perspective of how you're gonna use this tool to make this a better place and, and bet more make us more likely to achieve our outcome. Because there's no doubt that they have a lot of experience and they have a lot of gut you know, and and they probably have making a lot of decisions on which lever to pull based on their experience and gut, which may have been right. But as you know, the world's getting more complex and, and decisions are getting harder and harder to determine um, which road to take. And, you know, the human brain's pretty flawed at making those decisions. So we want to you know to to start down that road of maturity, I think you've got to start having that conversation. And you've got to have it in a way that, that has the it has the context of what's going to make you successful, as opposed to just starting analytics. That was my
0: answer, Christy. What would you say?
2: Yeah, um, I think you know analytics maturity is a is a big issue that any company that's starting an analytics group has to assess where they are on that scale. Um, and I think that movement, so low maturity to high maturity, so moving from they can be data driven based on descriptive statistics. Right, so we, data, we use data for everything, and when you ask them, it's like, well, we just look at how many people did something, you know, um, and and that's that is that is definitely using data uh, to make decisions, but it's not getting into statistics or you know probability or predictive um, analytics. So I think that leap there um, is, I think it often is happens because people reach a pain point. So that's what we hear, like in a lot of our workshops, they're like we've been collecting all this data and we don't know what to do with it. Or my boss wants me to tell them how, you know, KM impacted, you know, having a KM program impacted our, our revenue over cost. And they have no idea how, they have a bunch of data, um, and they know they need to make decisions, but they don't know how to do that, how to actually get started. So I think, um, you know, in that situation, I think having quick wins and choosing projects strategically so that you choose a project where the results can immediately get used to answer a problem. It's like a linear relationship, like, oh, we wanted to know which members are most likely to do this. The analytics said these people are the are the target group. Go call them. It's like very linear. I think the more gap there is between the results and making a decision, um, it's the point will get lost. The, the purpose of the project gets lost in that that trail, I think.
1: And, and definitely, you know, in most organizations, the, what I call the front of the house, the marketing and selling processes, anything that's customer touching, you know, those can be spots where um, data-driven decision can really take root yeah. because those are so closely tied to what makes yeah. organizations most successful. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're generating revenue, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of pressures off. If you're hitting your revenue targets, you don't. You're not under as much pressure as if you're not hitting those. So if you can find those projects and get mature in those areas, of you know, if if you outline a project using data and using those relationships and those drivers of the data uh, within the data to generate more leads or yeah. figure out who to go target for a follow-up call or do even those small things like that, those things can really gain momentum in an organization because that's what most senior
0: leaders especially pay attention to.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah so that's you all are both uh, sort of uh, uh, alluding to these quick wins. And you're talking about these high-impact quick wins, Ron, mm-hmm. uh, in the more customer-facing revenue-sensitive areas. Mm-hmm. And Christy, you're, you're talking about um, you, you mentioned organizations that have a ton of data that they don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. uh, and in my research on this subject, I've 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 seen organizations that just, that do have a ton of data they don't know what to do with it and it's just going to waste. Yeah. And so what what you're insinuating, and you, you made a you made a good you made a good distinction, uh, I think, between um, being data driven and being analytics driven, and yeah. that it doesn't even have to be uh, prescriptive or predictive analytics in order. Uh, uh, a organization doesn't have to use those things in order to be data driven it could just be just as simple as using the data you've got, using the tools you've got to just learn more about what happened in the past even. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that that, um, in, in my, my research, uh, corroborates this. Uh, I think that's an important step uh, is just making the use of whatever data you have, uh, Mm -hmm. making that a routine part of routine, part of work and routine part of decision-making and, uh, the next evolution of that is looking into the future with predict, uh, predictive, and then the next step of, of beyond that is prescriptive analytics, making decisions based on that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We we just uh, talked with a client where we were looking at their analytics plan, and they had you know level one, level two, level three based on maturity, and level one was just get the data, you know, collect the data, yeah. uh, you know, clean it, validate it. Level two was start producing reports, which are just descriptive statistics. How many people did this? How many people did that? Level three was getting into predict- predictive analytics, now looking at relationships and using statistics to look at uh, drivers. So I think you, know, that's a, you need to be cognizant that there is that analytics maturity is there and it really does um, impact kind of what analytics are doing and, and, and change management and all those things they all tied together.
0: So um, a, a hypothetical spin-off question to, to what you just said, you, you mentioned the uh, analytics maturity scale. So if you, if you in the future uh, are a, an, uh, at the very far right side, the most mature uh, analytics organization you can be, mm-hmm. so every everything, um, I guess I'd like to hear what your, both of your opinions are on what that would look like, what uh, a human knowledge worker's role would be in, in that space where Basically, you've got robust uh, artificial intelligence uh, and machine learning that's continuing, continuously making that artificial intelligence stronger. How that's going to look in the future? Because I think that I think that's a point of uh, of consternation for a lot of people. They're 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 worried about
2: <laughs> replaced by yeah, machines.
0: <laughs> more or less, yes. And so I was wondering what just what your what your opinion is of that uh, that hypothetical and perhaps inevitable situation in the future.
1: It um, For me, it's going to come down to, you know, I, I just think in process. And there are some processes that organizations have that machines should do. You know, the classic example is, you know, if you look at an engine on a website that's making predictions of things you might want based on things you're looking at or might buy, that, you know, that has to happen so fast. And it's so specific that a machine should have that. You're not going to, if you look at the corollary of it, it wouldn't make sense to have a team of humans sitting there watching every person on every website saying, "Okay, I think they would like this." Okay, I think they would like that. That just wouldn't work for the organization, and you wouldn't get the outcome you would want. So I think that the there are always going to be those processes that are gray. Uh, that you know they're going to be really clearly those that a machine should take and run with, and they're probably really clearly those on the other end that you know it's, it's so contextual only a human is ever going to do it. Um, that to me I, I think where we are now and where I think the future will continue to be is uh, there's not going to be there's still going to be plenty of things left over that a human brain has to look at and a human has to touch you know organizations and the decisions you have to make and how organizations operate are just so complex you can't standardize what most knowledge workers do to the level that a machine can know what to do in every instance and I know they can do mountains more calculations than they did, you know, the previous time period, and they'll do twice as many mountains times more in the next time period that we're in. But the, there's always going to be a need for a human to make a decision and bring that experience in to use data. And I think that's what organizations should focus on more: is how do you align those two? So you know, when when you look at the big data world and in a, a broad sense, you hear a whole lot of conversation about machine learning and about how data scientists and statisticians are doing huge, high demand. And I think that's the case, that machine learning's coming a long way, and and we need good statisticians. But the thing that I see in most organizations that's really, really lacking is that, that nexus between the data side of things and the organizational side of things or the process side of things. And I think those are the folks that are most valuable and you can draw a corollary to IT. You know, There's a role called a, a business analyst or a BA, and their job is to understand business requirements and how processes work and articulate that in a way that a developer or a, a database developer can actually go build something. And I think you can draw a corollary here of somebody that can understand how organizations work and has the experience around that and can also translate that into what somebody has strong statistical method background and strong statistical background can go create a model to give them that answer because with it being so complex, you're not going to have a model that is going to be so specific to your organization that can just run and tell you the answer. It's just not going to happen in a lot of instances, at least not for a long time because it's so complex. But I think having that, you know, finding for your organization where that nexus is and how far do we go with machine learning and where do the people interact with it to make the decision is what you've got to figure out. And being too far on either side of it is probably not optimal for you as an organization finding where that sits. And that's why I think having that methodology of what do we want to go know from our data to drive what business outcome, I think that starts pushing that conversation and helps you find where that line is going to be.
0: Okay. So it sounds like, uh, Ron, it sounds like you're uh, optimistic, fairly optimistic about uh, humankind's role in the, uh, in the future knowledge economy. Uh, what about what about you, Christy? Do you uh, what do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think um, it goes back to purpose, right? What what are what is your you know analytics and all of that big data, all of the software, machine learning? Those are all tools, and what is the purpose of the tool? Like, why are you using it? What problem are you trying to solve? So um, I think all of that can get really advanced. But you still need a person to put it to use, <laughs> direct it at a, at, a, at a problem that needs help. And the, the actual tool won't tell you the problem to solve. So it's not like analytics will tell you you need to focus on improving revenue. It's not going to give you your objective. You have to have a purpose, and then you utilize it for that purpose. So even machine learning and um, all of that stuff is focused in an area where it says, for sales. I want to know which of these opportunities are going to close. Predict which one. And you put that software on there and the modeling to tell you that answer. Um, It's not like the tools tell you that that's something you care about. So I think the general purpose, uh, you know, it's going to have to come from humans in terms of how to apply those tools and where to focus them.
0: Right. So it's 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 gonna it's always gonna fall on humans to ask the right questions and yeah, absolutely I think that humans are always gonna have to give it context. I guarantee that the machines
1: are gonna get faster and better at executing the work once you point it in the gener- in the in the right direction. Yeah. But pointing it, I don't think it's gonna be optimal for anybody to just have a bunch of machines learn running in all directions because you're just then ex- you're almost you know, creating an exponential problem because then you got now not just a bunch of data to look at, but now a bunch of results of models to look at. Yeah. And and it's it's just it's like throwing, you know, more gasoline on the fire. And that's not I think gonna be beneficial to any organization that wants to be successful at least. Yeah. It's kinda like doing analytics for analytics sake. You don't mm-hmm. that just doesn't pass the logic test for me. I want to do analytics with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the human brain
0: is always gonna have a have a role. Okay, well, that's a that's a reassuring take that you that you all both have uh, on this topic. It's a uh,
1: singularity it gives, thing.
0: Okay, it gives me confidence in my uh, my uh, career-long job security. Okay, well, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I appreciate you all uh, taking the time to talk to me about this subject. Uh, it's, uh, it's a it's it's a really interesting subject, and it's uh, and it's rapidly changing. So uh, uh, please uh, look for more content coming out from us, um, and you you can find a lot more analytics-related content on the APQC knowledge base.